think in the Olympics, that's something that I can sometimes even describe. I yeah. think uh, even the moment of entering the Olympic Stadium and it takes your breath away, that you were able to make it to the elite of the world yes. in, in that particular moment, sometimes it just still gives me chills. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. It's another edition of Skull Stories. I am your host, Mike Wobshall, coming from the TCO Performance Center and TCO Studios in Egan. Welcome to this week's edition of Skull Stories. It's presented by CenturyLink, the official communications provider of the Minnesota Vikings. Your Minnesota Vikings getting ready for another big-time game. This one's going to be against the Seattle Seahawks. A reminder before we get to this edition of Skull Stories, this week's game against the Seattle Seahawks, which you can hear on the Vikings Radio Network, is a Monday night football game. So make sure you note that so you're not expecting to hear a game on Sunday. The Vikings and Seahawks will battle in Seattle on Monday night football. So let's get to the subject of tonight's Skull Stories. It's Vikings nutritionist Rasa Troop. What's really cool about Skull Stories is we usually take a look back at something significant in Vikings history and tell you about the story. Well, tonight we're going more cutting edge and futuristic and progressive on school stories by giving you a conversation with Rasa Troop. Rasa started with the Vikings on a part-time basis back in 2015 when she would come to Winter Park and the cafeteria to work with players and coaches. But now Rasa is a full-time employee of the Vikings working every day at the TCO Performance Center to help enhance the performance and nutrition of Vikings players, coaches, and staff. Hi, Rasa. Hi, thank you for having me. You bet. Thanks for taking time out of your day to come down and chat with us. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Rasa, you you started working with the club in 2015, sort of on a part-time basis. Now, though, you're here every day in the building. You're an employee of the team. And you're you're full time here, which is a super cool opportunity um, for the team and for you. So what's it been like so far since you came into the building full time? You know, it's been very, very exciting and actually uplifting. I appreciate every moment. Uh, I am a former athlete Mm -hmm. and I'm so thrilled to help our team. Um, I'm also thrilled for the support I've received uh, from uh, within the whole Vikings organization. It seems like many, many people are very curious of what we do and how do we help athletes. So um, I I can just say it's been very exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned that you were um, a former athlete. That's a bit modest of you. You you were an Olympic athlete, okay? And we're going to get into that and how that, um, you know, how interesting that was for you, but how it helped guide you to where you are right now. But for people who are listening, Vikings fans, who listen to the games on Sundays on these airwaves, I want you to sort of um, give them maybe the brief summary, and then we'll dive into it deeper of how you help the team. You're, you're the team's nutritionist. Everyone knows what nutrition is, but how does the nutritionist help the football team? So uh, nutrition is uh, one of the areas of performance that um, helps in mental and physical capacity for the athletes to perform at their best. And there is a lot of, you know, lots of information in nutrition, of course, but um, athletes are not average adults. Mm -hmm. Um, They are adults, but they also, you know, very highly performing athletes. 
So we need to be more precise and more timely with the fueling uh, uh, before the competition, after the competition. How do we help them to recover from injuries? How do we help them to get better sleep? Uh, so all of these areas of nutrition are important for their performance. Mm-hmm. And they can give uh, you know fractions of a percent of improvement in performance, but all of these fractions of the percent of improvements they matter. add up and add they up. add up right yeah. yes correct well you um, our very own Lindsay Young um, worked with you on an article uh, that was posted to vikings.com back in August and I correct. think I think one of the things that might have been in the title but was definitely in the story that caught my attention um, was the science and art of nutrition and how that um, kind of describes the job of working with a professional athlete and I the way I took it was, Yes, um, these guys are all football players, but they're all different football players, and and they're and different people. Correct. Therefore, their nutrition needs to needs to be different and basically customized for each individual, right? Yes. Yeah, so the athletes don't come in one size, and mm-hmm. one one size doesn't fit all, and we need to be very pragmatic with every athlete. Um, you know, even if I know there's certain areas of nutrition that they can, um, you know, improve and but if they are not willing to go there, um, you know, I can't do much about it. So I have to really be, um, really be pragmatic and practical with them that is sustainable and that's very simple and easy. Yeah. Um, so, um, it's a lot of individuality. Um, it's a lot of relationship building so they can trust you to um, to be the best nutrition resource for them. Right. And do you find that the, the players engage with this theory of how important nutrition is and sort of are curious and ask you a lot of questions and uh, maybe look for tips and when they're away from the building? Yes. The players do. Uh, the players ask much more questions this year because I'm present mm-hmm. most of the time. So me being av- even around them, um, you know, or making certain uh, you know foods in the fueling station, uh, piques their curiosity, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they have been enormously um, open to many nutrition, you know, experimentations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and trying different food options that they've never tried. Um, as you may know, the, in the fueling station, we can primarily use the food or Gatorade products. So we need to use food as one of the means to enhance their performance. And we educate them a lot of how do we leverage the food to yeah. get those nutrients that they need. And they have been enormously open to different food options and different things. As long as I explain to them, what does it do for their performance? Right. How does that enhance their capacity to, uh, you know, react faster? How does that, uh, you know, extend their grit or their perseverance or mm-hmm. how's their muscle recovery going to be impacted? So most of the time I, I, I use very simple phrases that are very easy for them to remember yeah. Uh, I had a few players that came in and then said, well, I, I, I hear your accent uh, because I, I'm not from the United States. So, of course, they can hear my 
uh, Lithuanian accent, and they would say, I hear your accent, and what would Rasa say? <laughs> so there's sometimes yeah. <laughs> those types of conversations I may have. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's awesome. I mean, and, and that is the thing with these, when you get to this level of competition, whether it's football or the Olympics, where you participated, or, or even, um, you know, collegiate athletes, they they do really care. Athletes really do care about their nutrition and they pay attention to it. And, and, you know, they have natural God-given gifts and talents that have helped get them here. But the whole thing of, you know, my body is my temple. I mean, exactly. all of these guys are that little, every single one of them is that way, aren't they? Exactly. Well, you know, when you get to that performance level, many of them in physicality, not much different, right? Right. So what, uh, what is different between exceptional athlete and athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And there's fraction of the percentages, you know, how many more passes can you catch? Uh, how, fa- how much faster can you run? How many more tackles can you mm-hmm. perform in the, the matter of the game, right? So small, tiny fractions really make a big difference. And the best athletes that I've noticed, they are more in tune with their bodies they're more curious about nutrition and they're more precise in detail about their nutrition and they can sustain it for this right. whole season. So yeah. they can grind through the season. They keep repeating very difficult nutritional tasks yeah. that for most of us it would be difficult, but they do it. Now, where you spend most of your time here at TCO Performance Center is where your office is and where the Gatorade Fuel Bar is located. Yeah. And you know, um, for Skull Stories producer Nate Vaughn or myself, uh, it's really fun to walk by the Gatorade Fuel Bar and see what you got cooking on a daily basis. Because sometimes you have some interesting things going on. And yeah. yeah, and they, they seem exotic. And and when you break it down, they're actually it's actually pretty simple, simple because yeah. it's all vegetables and fruits and yeah. and and simple stuff. But you put that that, that together and it's and, it feels exotic, yeah, right? Can yeah. you can you give the listeners some examples maybe of things that you've uh, stumbled upon that you're giving some of the athletes? Yeah, so, you know, a simple peanut butter jelly sandwich can be done in so many different ways. That's mm-hmm. a very simple peanut butter jelly, but we have probably five variations of peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Okay. And depending on the athlete, they like, you know, some people like a crustless uh, peanut butter jelly. Some people like ro- peanut butter jelly roll-ups. Some people like peanut butter jelly uh, bites. Yeah. There's not much difference in nutrition component, but the palatability and presentation and care uh, it's not only the food, but how do we present the food and how do we help them to uh, fuel themselves? This is the art of it, yes, right? Yeah. When you were talking to mm-hmm. Lindsay about um, science and art, yeah. this is sort of you're speaking to yeah. the art of it, right? Or even using plant compounds. There's so many plant compounds. So how do we make shakes? How mm-hmm. do we produce the shake? And we produce a lot of individualized shakes. I can't uh, give you details because of confidentiality, and every athlete has a lot of different preferences too. Um, But they're calculated precisely for that particular athlete for that particular time. Um, And, you know, we add lots of different plant compounds. We mix the protein, carbohydrate, anti-inflammatory compounds so we can put together the concoction that can jumpstart their recovery. Yeah. Yeah. How about... um you know the the other 
football staff maybe that you have to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had, we've done school stories episodes mm-hmm. with Eric Sugarman and yes. with yep. Mark Uyama yeah. and they both mentioned you, you know, working with you as being something that's important to their jobs. So I would imagine you would reciprocate that and say your relationship with those guys is important. Yes. I, I love working in the team environment where mm-hmm. I communicate with uh, strength and conditioning, with athletic training staff, with the kitchen staff. So we are the team behind the team. Yeah. And uh, it's impossible to do this job uh, alone and you need a lot of support and you need a lots of different team members to make this uh, to make this well and to mm-hmm. make, you know, to be the best in 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 the world, I guess doing that. Yeah. So what have you thought about the facilities here at TCO? You got the Gatorade fuel yeah. bar in your office down there. You work with Flick. Flick is the pro- uh, food, food provider, provider for the yeah. Vikings. So the cafeteria is in one end of the building. The fuel bar is down by the locker room, weight room, and medical area. Mm-hmm. What have you thought about TCO Performance Center? Well, the, this facility is fabulous, and I, um, I, if I know data correctly, I think it's the largest fuel station in okay. the United States. Yeah. So we have enormous capacity for creativity and mm-hmm. how we provide the foods and how we, you know, how we design our fueling station as well. So I'm very fortunate to work in this facility because many, many teams may not have the same building, right. the same access. Um, so yeah, I I only can say I really appreciate working with the you know the best people in here yeah. that they support fueling part. Yeah, you know you um I know that you have a family mm-hmm. um you know in a home here in Minnesota and but you work for a, a football team and so when you work for a football team sometimes your hours are a little goofy. Yeah. Right. Non traditional yeah. certainly. Yeah. Um, what 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 has that been like balancing that you know home and work and and do you enjoy that part of um you know I would imagine you're here sometimes on a Saturday yeah, right because the players yeah. are here right yeah. so Correct. Uh, what's that like for you. Uh, you know, it's nothing new to me because I worked in sports nutrition since 2005. Mm-hmm. So I've done it for the last, what, 13 years. Um, I, you know, it's always a balance, as, you know, especially when you have young kids. You know, my, my youngest is nine and oldest is 11. Um, but it also makes my kids be more independent. So yeah. That brings, you know, a lot more maturity because they Mm -hmm. know that they have to sometimes cook their meals. They have to do laundry. And it's actually a a good combination. Um, My husband probably would be the one that I would miss the most just because I, uh, you know, I make an effort to be with the kids more. And, um, you know, you guys know how to have family. It's it's a tough combination, especially working in sports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's demanding. Yeah, it is demanding. Yeah. Um, And but it it makes the successes at work that much more enriched. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can't do it without my family support. Yeah. So I know my husband has been a huge supporter. He's also a former athlete, so he gets, you know, um, he gets the part of being an athlete and and being absent for certain days yeah. and even sometimes holidays. So All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Rasa, tell you a little bit more about her background and what led her to the Vikings after this break. But before we go to break, a programming note, join host Mike Musman along with Andrew Sendejo at Lone Oak Grill in Egan on Thursday at 5.30 p.m., for a live broadcast of Vikings Country. You could win some great prizes, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. 
Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. And to learn about how Rasa Troop came from Lithuania to the U of M to the Minnesota Vikings, stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Skull Stories. I'm your host, Wabi Moore, with Vikings nutritionist Rasa Troop coming up in a second. But first, I want to tell you about the Vikings Museum. Tis the football season, and what better place to spend the holidays with your Vikings family than at the Vikings Museum in Egan? Fans can learn the fascinating stories and insider details of the franchise throughout its over 50-year history in fun and unique ways at the Vikings Museum. Learn more at vikings.com slash museum. All right, let's get into the background of Rasa Troop. She grew up in Lithuania, she became an Olympic athlete, and now she's helping the Minnesota Vikings. How did it all come together? Take a listen. Rasa, I want to get into the path that led you here, going back to uh, sort of where you grew up and your background, which sure. is you're Lithuanian. Yes. And um, and you were uh, you were born to parents who were both teachers and into athletics, yep. and then you yourself uh, got into athletics at an early age. And for you, growing up in Lithuania and sort of the Iron Curtain era, yeah. sports was a great escape for you. Can you sort of explain to people about that? Yes, you know, if it's not the sport, I would never be able to get to the United States and study at the best universities in the world. Um, you know, I am, I'm very, very um, fortunate and, again, appreciative to be able to come here to go to University of Minnesota. But my athletics basically paved, uh, opened the doors that probably were closed, mm-hmm. uh, especially given that I grew up in Soviet Union. Um, Soviet Union collapsed when I was 13 years old. So, and athletics has been an escape for me. Um, and literally, uh, and you know, it's sort of like it was depressive to live in those times, uh, especially when uh, Soviet Union collapsed. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of trauma related to being in those situations. And as an athlete, I was the first person from my small town was able to go abroad and, and compete yeah. um, and see the world and see the world totally differently than what Soviet Union was painting uh, the world for us. Um, so that really opened up acceptance to all sorts of different nations, the cultures, and yeah. you know, it's really broadened my horizon as a human being. You know, you um, you wound up going to the University of Minnesota, and yeah. and I know that you were you liked a lot of different sports. Just um, you know, reading through again Lindsay's mm-hmm. story that she worked with you on, but track and field is sort of what you ended up gravitating to. And I mentioned that you were an Olympic athlete; you were a middle distance runner. Yeah, is that correct, right? correct. Yeah. yeah. So so what 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 um, what was the distance? What did you run? What was your Olympic experience like? And you went to the University of Minnesota and studied and competed. What was that like? So the University of Minnesota, I came in in 1998. So Mm -hmm. I did my both undergrad and graduate degrees. Um, I uh, came in with very limited English knowledge. Uh, In fact, I had to figure out how to learn English study and run uh, at the university. Amazing. So it was very challenging, but I would never take it away. So Mm -hmm. that that experience was uh, absolutely amazing. I had lots of good people that supported me, again, my teammates. Um, I sometimes didn't know what is the workout like because I couldn't understand English, so I had to follow my teammates. Um, my family probably was the biggest supporter. Although they were far away in Lithuania, they were still, you know, in contact with me. At that time, we didn't have 
the very easy connections via the Skype where I had yeah. to like figure out how to dial the, <laughs> you know, prepaid phone card and oh call them. <laughs> so, um, you know, and of course, um, being, um, you know, the, being in the Olympics, that's something that I can sometimes even describe. Yeah. I think uh, even the moment of entering the Olympic Stadium and uh, you know, that moment when it takes your breath away, how mm. many, not only people in the stadium uh, looking at you, but through the TV and all, all across the board and that you were able to make it to the elite of the world yes. in, in that particular moment, you just sort of... Take that moment in, and you sometimes it just still gives me chills. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, and you know I, I don't I don't mean to embarrass you, but I mean yeah. it was you know you made it as um, you know ten years after you came to the U. Um, Correct. When yeah. Because yeah. it was the 2008 Beijing yeah. Olympics. Correct. Rep- representing Lithuania, you're a mother. You know, yeah. so you're, you're you're working, you're training, and you're ra- you know you're starting a family. That's amazing. Yeah, that was challenging because my daughter was 14 months when I competed in Beijing. And uh, as you know, for the track and field, you probably cannot make a living, you know, right. as an athlete. So you need to work. I had to manage a full-time job, training, and raising uh, my newborn That's baby. That's incredible. Yeah. So, but, you know, it, it, these experiences build your character and sort of can, can you know, right now I can look into my daughter's and son's eyes and say, you can do anything. Um if you put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. And literally that particular year, I said, if I do not make that effort and do not try my best to get to Olympics, I will regret for my, the rest yeah. of my life. And, uh, you know, I sometimes looked into my husband and said, is it worth when we have so much, you know, like it, it was tiring year. I had to run better than I was before pregnancy. And I was 31. So that was very hard to... Yeah to get it to that level. But, um, you know, again, uh, if, if you're really passionate about anything in your life and uh, you, feel, you, you feel that you put the, the, the best work po- you possibly can, things can happen. Yeah. So, yeah. This is where it, I want to tie it all together, though, because yeah. so you're, you're trying to strike that balance, mm-hmm. right, of, of reaching an elite level of performance while you're handling all those things, raising a family and working. Mm-hmm. Then you come to America, where you commented in the article to Lindsay, mm-hmm. the access to food and oh, yeah. here in America is just so much different, so much, right, yeah. than in Lithuania. And yeah. I was reading between the lines, and I kind of mm-hmm. feel like you were saying it's very easy if you're not disciplined to eat and have an unhealthy diet. Yeah. And so for you, being here in America mm-hmm. with access to all that food and then being a mother and working and trying to train to be an Olympic athlete, for you, mm-hmm. nutrition and learning about nutrition was key for you to get your performance up. And now here you are working in the nutrition industry. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, the uh, I know the nutrition. Uh, I struggle with nutrition. When I came to this country, I probably gained 20 pounds within three months span. And I still was all American and cross country. I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. But apparently my physicality was able to carry mm-hmm. me through that. But I also know nutrition nutrition or lack of good nutrition actually hampered my performance. Mm-hmm. That's probably the reason why I'm in this field and I'm so passionate about it. Because yeah. I, I get it how important that is. And I want these athletes to have the best of the best so they can, uh, you know, perform at their best level. That nutrition is not one piece that holds them back. Yeah. Well, um, 
you know, I, we could probably keep going for a long time, but we have to wrap it up. But I know people listening um, probably found your story interesting, you know, and uh, we'd be remiss not to say you have a bachelor's degree in physiology and then a master's in nutrition. You know, so for young people listening who wanted to be a professional athlete but couldn't quite make it, there are other routes you can go to still work in sports. Yeah. And I think you're a great example of that, Rasa. And you provide great value to the organization and you're a great uh, inspirational story to a lot of people. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. You bet. And Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you for joining us for tonight's episode of Skull Stories presented by CenturyLink. Be sure to tune in next week for more Skull Stories right here on The Fan. And make sure you stay tuned this week as the Vikings get ready to play the Seattle Seahawks. You can hear that game on the Vikings radio network where voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, will bring you the call from Seattle. Pete Bursich will be in the booth. Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber will be on the sidelines. That's going to do it for tonight. Our thanks to you for listening. My thanks to Skull Stories producer Nate Vaughn for producing. Hope you all have a good rest of the week. 